we justify our distractions. We give them weight to dwell in our space, in our environment, and we give them permission to take us away from our tasks that we know in the back of our minds, there's something and there's a place I'm trying to get to. So how can we stop ourselves from justifying our distractions? Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. Welcome back, listeners. This is your man, Big Dreams. And on this episode of MHE, aka Manhood Experiment, we are focusing on our distractions. I know that's ironic, right? Focusing on distractions. But what I mean is we're focusing on how to destroy our distractions. We have distractions. Everybody has distractions. Right now, you're thinking of a million different things while listening to this podcast. Time is so invaluable. Your attention is so invaluable. And everybody wants a piece of it. So how can we lock in, focus, and ultimately become the best form of ourselves? So before we get into it, though, I got to check in with my boys, Jay Sonny, T-Rex. How we doing out here? We live and love and high energy, baby. Happy to be here. Happy to dive into this topic and really get some more clarity on what is the distraction and procrastination. And this is a fun topic. Yes, sir. But uh, life is good. Updates with a few challenges, you know, been doing the the hydration, the no complaints, and the the cold showers, the no complaining is extremely hard. I've I've messed up on that a few times, but I want to hear about that. <laughs> man, that's a hard one. That's just it's just a, it's just it's just a hard one. So, what is it like when you have something that you want to complain about rather than doing that? What do you do? Yeah, I think the biggest purpose is to improve relationship with my significant other, my lady, whereas I really am determined to be more curious than judgmental. Mm. And I get sucked into it. There's a time where I feel like a complaint's coming at me and I feel like, well, now we're in this complaint communication channel and it's trying to just, instead of observations like, oh, it's too cold or I'm tired or I don't have time or too much work, I'm just trying to find Mm -hmm. a way to like, how can I spin that pause or notice like a learning lesson from it? Okay, I'm with you, man. Yep. That could be an episode all by itself. Yeah. But before we get distracted, yep. let's check with my boy T Rex. Yep. T Rex, what's going on hey, with you, hey, baby? Hey, sorry guys, I was distracted there for a moment. Hold on, T Rex. <laughs> one, one moment. One moment. Yeah. Do you like tofu or what's the matter, baby? What's that? Do you like tofu or what's the matter, baby? Tofu. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to say what's the matter, baby. I was like, I don't know. What's the matter with you? <laughs> uh- <laughs> My bad, I didn't get that. That went to some. Weird, I was about weird, to say, what's what's the matter? What's the matter, baby? Oh, anyways, anyways, anyways. So yeah, I'm excited about this topic, distraction, because I feel we at times or myself, I have some big goals, and at times there's a lot of little things that I think it comes up and it looks important, but in yeah. the long term, it's not really important compared to the big goals. So yeah, I just came back from Sedona, Vegas here, uh, trying to settle in, get back my focus. So I'm excited about this episode. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, what's one of your goals this year? Oh, one of my goals, um, one of my companies, I just want to grow it to hit that $5 million mark. Yes, so sir. So that's a big goal. We kind of plateaued after the pandemic. And so it's just to think strategically 
put that focus effort. It takes a lot of focus effort and to hit five million. I'm not like Elon Musk as yet. So <laughs> five million annual revenue or five, five million? Mil yeah, five gross. Yeah, annual annual yeah. revenue. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's solid. I believe That's solid. What's one of your yeah. goals this year, Jay? Jay Dragon? I didn't even ask. You know, I'd say I'm working on and launching a, a product line right now that will be my little baby with our business project. And so bringing that to life and staying determined and give myself checklists and timelines with that. Mm. Trying to control the uncontrollables because there, there's things that are out <laughs> of my hand. So that's one. You know, I try to yeah. Keep some fun physical goals. Still chasing that five-minute mile. Okay. Yeah. That's good. No, the solid goals on both sides, y'all. Um, there's some distra life life distractions. I say one of my goals. Yeah. What do, what, what do we got? Yeah. Ugh, man, life's full of distractions. Right now, like I said, I'm thinking about five different things, even in this present moment. But let's focus. Let's lock in. One mm. of my goals is to really spend more time with my family, be more mm. present, you know, in the moment with all these different things on my mind. I know that maybe that connect for you listening right now on your way to work or so or your way back home. And an entrepreneur goal for me is getting my studio open. Uh, since the pandemic, that shut a lot of things down and slowed things down. So I'm looking to get back into that sharing my gift with other artists, collaborating, and getting back to music. It's been some time, so I'm excited for that. But I got to make sure I'm destroying these distractions. Yeah. So now that we clarified this, the reason I asked you what your goal was, because one of the solutions that we'll go into later on is if you don't have a goal, then anything can pull you away. You know, Anything can pull your attention. If you don't have a goal, then it's much easier to be distracted. That's why I wanted to kind of open that round table and just kind of check in. Well, what was your goal this year? What you working on? So like, even as you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure there's plenty of things that are going on in your mind. Like, how can we lock in? And why is it so hard to focus? Well, I got an answer for that. I did some research, fellas. You know, I like my science. So what does the science say? Cue Michael Jackson's human nature. What? Fine. Tell me that it's human nature, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it really is. So apparently, we've known about brain waves for a hundred years. You guys like dreams, brain waves? What are you talking about? I'm talking about frequency, baby. Oh yeah, it's getting interesting. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, Perfect. in these brain waves, frequencies made up of upper trough, lower trough. Anybody can kind of just imagine this wave with this frequency going on. And at the top of this, your perpetual sensitivity is at its lowest. While at the trough of the wave, this corresponds to the portion of the wave where we're most distracted or there's more distractibility is what they're saying. So you got these two opposing forces, your focused force and then your distractible force is what I'm going to call them just to keep it simple, right? So a hundred years ago, this guy invented a machine that to detect rain waves called an EEG. I'm not going to go to like the actual name of it. It's really long and it will lose your attention. And I want to keep you focused. <laughs> it records brave wanes. So if you think of this as a frequency, peaks of ups and downs, it focuses on present, being focused, and your ability to be distracted. Where it comes from, they've gathered on this uh, research that I found on, what is it, wired.co.uk. Basically, there's an article talking about this evolutionary advantage. So humans are naturally susceptible to being distracted from when we were gatherers in the wild and things like that. There's this thing to where our evolutionary advantages, 
we want to look out for lions, tigers, and bears while picking these berries. So we can't be so locked into picking the berries. We're not in tune with our surroundings or overall environment. So it's human nature to have this force in these periods of constant distractibility. Further on in the article, they're like, this happens maybe four times per second where we're locked in, focused, then at this place of distractibility, focused, distractibility, constantly going on, these opposing forces in our genes and in our minds. So for one, it's human nature. So give yourself some grace if you feel like, dang, it's hard for me to lock in. It's hard for everybody, baby. It's hard for everybody. So what things can potentially be a distraction or what can affect our potential to be distracted? Because I'm sure that the marketing and everything that they have out here that's pulling all your focus is probably looked into this science to find out when we're most distractible. But what can we do to mitigate this? The things that can affect our distractibility is, one, lack of sleep, as obvious as that is, right? Poor diet. So not eating, not having enough energy to mentally lock in or focus or being so hungry that you're focused on food when you should be focused on being productive. The second one is just poor planning, right? But I'll get into the details of what this is. That way you can understand. Yeah, in general dreams, I know, yeah, yeah, I should sleep more. I should get, I should eat more to make sure I'm balanced. But what about this poor planning? Let's let's lock in. So there's an article by Michael J. I think it's Bruce, B-R-E-U-S. He's a doctor. He's a scientist at Michigan State University, and they did a study including about 234 people, right? So they asked these people to do an assignment, and while they were doing this assignment on the first day, they would periodically bring interruptions or interrupt them while trying to complete this task. So that's the first night. So the second night they do this experiment, half the people were sleep deprived, right? So they come in, they're trying to complete this task, they're all working to try to get there. And studies show that about 15% of this group, when everybody completed the task the first day, with very little error, 15% of the group didn't even complete the task on the second day because of the lack of sleep. And then it shows that as they continued to work on the task, there were significant errors. And the longer they worked on the task, the more errors that were, I guess, accrued or the more errors that occurred in the assignment. So it just shows how important getting a proper amount of sleep is to have a Mm. productive day, to be able to focus, to be able to lock in. Let me just ask in general, T, how many hours of sleep do you typically get? Between seven and eight. Yeah. Man, you're killing it. I'm horrible at this. I would have to say I'm horrible. (laughs) Big (laughs) dreams, no sleep. That's ironic. <laughs> All this dreaming I'm doing, getting not a lick of sleep. What about you, Jay? How yeah. much sleep you get, bro? You know, sleep is something I've been a nerd about for a long time because I'm thankful that I've researched it so much, working with people and understanding what people's limiting factors are to getting their goals that they desire. I've taught people and mm-hmm. I do myself, I associate how effective the body can be, the metabolic functions, creativity, and all that with sleep. Even with a newborn, mm-hmm. I've done everything that we can to maximize the sleep that we do have. So quality over quantity. But I mean, I mm-hmm. I try to get at a minimum seven hours. And if I don't, I notice a big difference if I don't get seven hours of quality sleep just compared to knowing what I'm capable of. And so yes. for me, it's taking care of those fundamentals and sleep is a major one. And I notice it with all those functions. So big time having that regimen mm-hmm. for that helps a lot. That's true. But you know what? 
I've noticed and what I've recently discovered, my wife says, is that I'm a distraction to her sleep. <laughs> my phone vibrating and notifications going yeah. off because I'm like, well, if I turn off the sound, my alarm won't wake me up. <laughs> this is real, like this is real life right now. Like she's about to kick me out, kick me <laughs> to the guest bedroom. <laughs> so how can you avoid distractions in your sleep? What things do you do to kind of make sure you get this good quality sleep? Oh, for me, it's increasing the importance of it. I think if you value Mm -hmm. and you can associate sleep with how you're going to perform the next day, for me, the easy things, and I'd love to expand on this more, is cold, dark room, cut caffeine and stimulants afternoon so that you're not going to be tempted to be up, and eye mask, mouth tape if you need it, and just (laughs) making that an environment that you respect and value a lot. Those are my base tips. Mm. What about you, T? Yeah, I would say having my last meal around 6 or 7, 7 for the latest. I Mm. notice if I eat late, it also affects my sleep. My digestion Mm -hmm. affects my sleep. So having that early meal, I like to sleep in the dark. What I do notice as well to big time that affects my sleep very badly is if I'm on my phone just before I go to sleep or I'm watching something and the, mm-hmm. the light from the TV or the monitor or something. So the less I have of that, I notice the quality of my sleep has drastically improved in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, those are some big things. And also the eye mask as well. Big fan of that. That's why you look so exuberantly young, sir. <laughs> I try, man. I try. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good genes, but it's the sleep too. Okay. And listeners, I hope you pull something from that because me, I'm often up late because those are the hours that Mm. the day is most quiet for me, Mm -hmm. right? So I get home, I got the nine to five, and then I'm also an entrepreneur when I get home. Family time, maybe for three hours up until nine. And then from nine to 12, it's my time, right? Mm -hmm. So at times I'll be working on a task and then maybe I'll go over until one or two, but I'm not respecting the day ahead by just cutting into that important sleep because I know I have to wake up again at, say, 6.30 and get it going again, right? So I would definitely lock in myself. Now, hearing my associates, my bros, telling me that they getting the 7 to 8, I'm like, oh, I got to I gotta do better, baby. Some people can thrive on less sleep. I think this is important to point out. But also, here's my takeaway from this, just really quick to sum up the sleep mm-hmm. thing. Just like you mentioned before in this data, I'm so much more effective on less sleep. For instance, if I have a problem, seems a lot larger if I'm fatigued, you know, and I talked about this before, and sometimes we don't put this together, but some people naturally do function a little bit better. But I, I notice a massive difference in like something that would normally take me 20 minutes, 30 minutes, if I don't have good quality sleep, could take me 45 minutes or an hour, or you'd not so be able to true. recall on information and so on. And lock in. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. And I like what you spoke about, Tim, you're talking about poor diet, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the second thing I just spoke on. It's a lack of sleep, poor diet, and poor planning. Yeah. So the diet has such a weight. I didn't go on too much research because I'm sure people can understand how your diet could affect your energy. You felt it to where you were at work. You're like, man, I just need some coffee. I just need some quick energy or, man, I just need a donut. But they're not actually the healthiest choices. But it's the sugar intake that you're dwelling on. Go ahead, T. I hear you. I was just about to ask Jason this. Eating high sugar foods, that usually gives you more energy to burn more energy. So therefore, it affects your sleep? 
So check it out. So when you eat something that's high in sugar, it is going to elevate your blood sugar. And then your body's going to try to release insulin to get that sugar and move it around. But easy come, easy go. So when that blood sugar elevates quick, like in high sugar foods, your energy spikes up really fast, which feels good in the short term, but it crashes. Mm -hmm. So that sugar high, which is exaggerated when we talk about it with kids and so on, is happening to a lot of us. And so all throughout the day, we tend to be a roller coaster. That's why you want to eat more whole foods that have fiber and more moderate to lower sugar so that you can keep a stable energy. And so what happens is if mm. you've had spikes all day up and down throughout the day, at the end of the evening, you're just going to feel wiped out. And it's a wired and tired mm. type of feeling as well because then sugar and stimulants are a false energy if you think about it that way. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know what? It kind of locks back into the science that I was talking about earlier where you have these troughs going up and down, up and down. We are beings of balance, right? Everything in moderation, beings of balance. And when you spike that sugar up, they say that people that suffer with ADHD, that frequency moves in a way to where they might be on one side of that curve mm -hmm. longer than they should than the other side of the curve. Mm -hmm. So either that means that they can't focus or either they're obsessively hyper-focused, mm -hmm. which takes away them from being able to focus on anything else around them. You're talking to them, but they're not really present, right? So the next thing, poor planning. Let's check into poor planning because we all try to focus on what's the best way we can really set our day to be the most productive. And poor planning sometimes comes into writing things out to prepare for the next day so that way you don't have so much on your mind. I know that when I'm at work or when I'm home, as soon as I write something down, my mind's free because I know I did mm. the work to put it somewhere where I'll recall it. So when I'm done with this task, I could tap into the next task, right? But when mm -hmm. I don't do that, my day just feels so cluttered and many tasks I'm trying to accomplish feel like I'm never going to see the light of day on this task because I'm so filled with the other many things that are just as important. So like prioritizing those elements and those obligations allows me to better maneuver in my day and get to this task and then knock that out and feel more productive for the next task and then be able to laser focus on this last task and give it all my attention without being pulled away. So what I want to talk about next is not just like what these things are as far as what affects our ability to be distracted, but how do we check to even notice that we're in this state of distractibility? You know, what are the signs of distraction? So on this website, check nhs.uk. I don't know why UK has got a lot of great websites on research, but <laughs> that's where I'd be. It says having a short attention span, being easily distracted, making careless mistakes, for example, on schoolwork or appearing forgetful or even losing things. So some people don't connect the memory piece and being forgetful to signs of being distracted, being unable to stick to tasks that are tedious or time-consuming, we know that, or appearing to be unable to listen or carry out instructions. So that's another one to where that kind of connects with me because one of my goals, like I said, is to be more present, be more in the moment, right? I'll tell you my moment here. So it's like the top three distractions. That's what I want to go to now. Because I'm going to express a moment to me where it kind of just clicked in or I had to lock in like, hold on, this is me. But before I do that, I want to break down distractions. 
So what are your top three distractions, I asked T? What are the things that typically pull you away from your productivity? So I think social media is one, <laughs> specifically yeah. Instagram, because I post stuff there and there's always, I don't do it as often, but just to check to see if it's getting views, if it's getting comments, you want to respond to comments, stuff like that. Those things are little things. Mm. But then social media has become so addictive. What's that movie that where there's talking about the addiction of social media? Social Dilemma. Yeah, the Social Dilemma. People should check that. But what I realized, Instagram has become a lot like TikTok. It's just that fast-paced thing. You just see a cool video and then it's already prompting you to watch a next video and you're just scrolling. It's just like YouTube. At the end of the YouTube video, it's not the end. They, they just have another thing loading up to keep you there. It's you true. know, And it <laughs> shows you all your favorite topics and everything you've typed since last year. Mm. And funny thing is, on Instagram, I clicked some video of uh, T.O. Vaughn. Mm -hmm. He was on Joe Rogan. And he's pretty funny. So anytime I see him, I click on him and what? But now Instagram is just like giving me all his videos now. So <laughs> it's so funny. They tapped into your algorithm. Yeah. So mm. anyway, social media is one of them. The other, I would say trying to do too many things. And I'm glad you spoke about the list, prioritizing, putting things on the list. Yeah, because I'm trying to do so many things. I have so many things I want to accomplish. Mm. And then sometimes this is under not really spoken about, but hobbies or things that you love to do. Sometimes mm. I get up like four o'clock in the morning and I should be researching something, but I'm looking at cinematography and equipment and stuff. My time is going there like two hours <laughs> later. Oh, shoot. I actually have to do work now. So didn't buy one thing, but research yeah. all this equipment. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I'm with so, you on that one. Yeah, so it's just like hobbies like that sometimes go a little too overboard. So I hear you. yeah, anyways, those are my top three. No, because sometimes you need a good distraction. Sometimes like if you've been working hard, you're stressed out, or God yeah. forbid, you lost somebody, and you're like, you can't be dwelling on that all day. Sometimes your friends introduce you to a good distraction, right? Then right. you have these bad distractions. You're like, ah, I know there's a task I want to accomplish. I know there's something I want to get to. But it is mm -hmm. taking me away. What about you, Jay? Jay Dragon, top three distractions. Yeah, I mean, this hits home. I was one of those kids that was diagnosed as ADHD. And it can be a superpower if you learn to focus. Mm -hmm. And I think different times in life, I've constantly researching and seeing how I can set myself up and having an awareness for me. So I'd say the top three for me are just the possibilities. I can get excited of hopping into unimportant tasks and mm. things that just don't have as much value for the time. Like, for instance, research is one. Like, research mm -hmm. becomes such a big procrastination because I'm like, oh, I'm doing research that will help for this project I'm working on. And I can just get caught in justifying down this whole information pathway. Another big down one. Rabbit hole. Yeah, another yeah. big one for me is the perfectionism type of thing and then not having a deadline on something. So not shipping my work. For instance, saying, oh, no, I'm just fine-tuning or working on this. So me having a deadline is magic. And it happened through school and college with mm -hmm. knowing that I have to get this done at a period of time. And so that's something I've learned to hack with myself is giving myself deadlines. And I let people know I'm working with. Like, just give me a deadline and I'll make it happen. Very true. And then finally, my pursuit for like always optimizing my health can be a big distraction because I can justify by making food, like this meal is going to help me have better energy and feel better. But then I'm like, well, shoot, I spent two and a half hours making food today and eating food and enjoying food. <laughs> and so weighing out that goal of health, and it's hard because I'm like, oh, this is helping me with longevity and performance. 
but it can really take me off track. So like when I can automate that stuff, my life is a lot more productive. Hey listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind-the-scenes moments. Now, back to the show. Man, one thing I gather from both of you, sometimes we justify our distractions. Ooh, big time. I think that's a coin phrase right there. I don't know if anybody ever said it before, but Dream said it today. We justify our distractions. We give them weight to dwell in our space, in our environment, and we give them permission to take us away from our tasks that we know in the back of our minds, there's something and there's a place I'm trying to get to. So how can we stop ourselves from justifying our distractions? And hear me out on this just really quick, because I think this is helpful. Yeah. In this world right now, there's this big movement with everybody that had got coaches. And we can think that like a lot of the best mm. experts in their fields probably had a coach that helped them along the way. And what a coach does at the end of the day typically is find what's important to you. So, hey, imagine you're looking for a coach. Well, I want to get this goal done. And they're going to say, well, we're going to take inventory of what you're doing with your time and make sure that you're doing the most important things to be able to move you forward. And we have to think that, like that's the gold in having a, a coach is they're giving you those steps and now you've either invested in and paid them. So you're like, oh, I better get the most out of this. Mm-hmm. That is huge. If you can think about that, you have accountability now. And it's really clear. A lot of times it's not a magic formula. It's just clarity is confidence. So you know the direction and steps like where you're going to take the steps in each direction. Yes. I like that. That actually that jumps into like the solutions, but I definitely want to go over too, because that's part of it. Having a moment to where you check that inventory, as you say, Jay, I'm always kind of pulling that one ever since the first episode you introduced checking your inventory. For me, I would say my top three, my phone, right? Mm -hmm. Interruptions at work or email notifications or being pulled aside from an individual Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I need your time. When you're like, I'm working on something. I have to get this time. I have 30 minutes to my next client. I want to prepare for them. And if you pull me away with you for the, what you think this small task may be, that may push me back 15 minutes. Mm. And I only have 15 minutes to prepare for this opportunity or for this client. And I'm not really giving them their devoted time. So it's like it's pulling you away. So there's so many things that can take us away and distract us from our ultimate goals. And what I've learned is through my research, I'm going to say, this is me coming up with my own concept, that there's two types of distractions. So we have common distractions, like things that everybody's going through, right? Social media, TV, text, those are common distractions. Then like what you were talking about, Jay, we have specific distractions, such as the things that are only unique to us or T, something that's only unique to you is your cinematography. Jay, something that's very unique to you is your health and your care for fitness. And those are the things to where that justification can take place, justifying our distractions. So I wanted to clarify and classify your distractions in two categories, common distractions, then we have specific distractions. So that's one of the first things that I want you to do when we come to this solution-based process. And you spoke on the next thing, which is checking that inventory, right? You said you have a coach that can help guide you, that can help check in with you. And then you invested 
something that you feel is valuable, which is money, to bring value, more value to your goal, which is one of the things we clarified towards the beginner's conversation. I asked you all about, you know, what's your goal for this year? Because I wanted to tie that back into why it's so easy to be distracted. When you don't have a goal, anybody can pull your attention. And those specific distractions, say my goal is to get to work on time. No, that's actually going to be a common distraction. Let's say my goal is to spend more time with my family. But for me, my specific situation is I'm focused on also doing music and trying to get the studio together. Mm-hmm. So I'm not balancing those two situations and I'm giving justification for why I should be researching new equipment and things like that where I dedicate this time to be present with my family. So my two pieces, the two pieces that I want most are now battling and fighting for time. Those are like specific distractions. And for what I heard from you, Jay, you have one to where it's health versus clean food in your system. So fitness and concentrating and being a coach to others, sometimes that can pull you away because you're spending two hours, like you said, cooking and trying to get the best food in your body to be examples. So those are like now conflicting wants. And those can come sometimes cause distractions for us. So those are the type that I wanted to kind of outline as far as this solution-based process that I kind of created. Now, I just pulled these things from different places. This is just, you know, dreams. And fellas, y'all can weigh in if y'all see something else that can work, like you said, Jay. For one, identifying your goal. Two, identifying the distractions. So you got to call it out. If you can't call it out and identify it, you can't address it. Just like a doctor checking in on you saying, hey, we don't know what's going on with you, but your leg's falling off. Well, why? <laughs> you got to identify why that's happening in order to be able to start addressing it, right? Yeah. Pick up, please, pick up. Yeah, absolutely. The thought that I was just touching on was instant gratification. I think that we're in this mm. age where it's so common to want something that feels good now, and it takes us away from pushing through the boring work. And I'm going to keep beating this drum because I really want people to buy into this. Like the whole mind muscles type of thing and, and that things are a skill. So me as someone who's dealt with attention deficit disorder and distractions in a major way, meditation is something and it comes in different shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. It's something right now I'm doing another course with this waking up app and it's learning to understand the power of meditation and how it can increase focus and concentration and, and teach you to be more focused and kind of put a quietness to those other busy thoughts. It helps you stay more single-handedly task. And at first, it's very challenging, because, but it allows us to have awareness of all these different thoughts pulling away. So I think we can train ourselves like a skill to stay focused mm-hmm. and have more clarity. When do you typically make time for your meditation, like in the morning or in your evenings before you rest? Like For me, and again, my days have been crazy. Like I, I take care of the baby first thing in the morning. It used to be my morning routine. Mm-hmm. And I also have gotten over thinking like conditions don't need to be perfect. I used to be like, oh, I need to have this morning tonic and I need to do meditation, and breathing. Mm-hmm. Conditions do not need to be perfect and ideal. And like they think that's a weakness if we feel like, oh, we have to have the specific morning routine to be productive. That's just not realistic. And it's a crutch. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I do it when I can. AM, I want to set the theme for my day with meditation. And it, sometimes it's literally two minutes or five minutes to just focus on my breathing and being present of what's important to me. And then I write down in my journal, I have this passion planner of just what moves this day forward, the MIT mo- most important task. And mm. everything else essentially is a distraction if I'm not moving that forward. 
So the, Ooh, the pause right there. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because what you said when you first wake up, you prioritize meditation mm-hmm. and writing in your planner. Mm-hmm. For me, one of my goals could be say, I got an important meeting. I want to leave a little earlier to get to work. So I have enough time, like I said, to plan for this client or such and such. Distractions could be my phone. By me setting my phone as my alarm, the first thing I want to do mm-hmm. is check my phone, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking one thing that I can do instead of just using my phone as my alarm is use Alexa as the alarm. That way I'm not touching my phone in the first five or 10 minutes of my day. Then wifey's also happy because I can actually turn my phone completely off without having to <laughs> set my alarm to it, right? And vibration notifications messing up her sleep at night, which is essentially going to affect me, right? And create probably more distractions throughout the day. So that that piece, I really like how you said, MIT, most important task, and you write it in your planner, pen and pad. There's no electronics to Mm -hmm. distract you because T, what you spoke on was social media. Social media having this way to be able to pull you away to where you may go on to your phone to I don't know, turn your alarm clock off or something like that. And then all of a sudden, this notification, and then a notification bug scratching on your neck. You're like, oh, I need to see these likes. I need to see what's going on in the world. <laughs> he was like, come on, man. Just one more. Let me check it out. Shazam. And, man, I'm the same. <laughs> Shazam. <laughs> you start itching for those likes, man. I, I've been there. I get it. Man, I think everybody's going through that at the same time because it pulls you. And I did this other research, and speaking of going down the rabbit hole of research, another piece that I found was that there are habits, such as pulling a jackpot at the lottery. It's a habit that makes you have that instant gratification that you talk about, Jay. Mm-hmm. As soon as you pull, something happens. And it's kind of the same motion when we're flipping down our screens in social media. As soon as we pull it down, we get another visual guaranteed. Yeah. And it keeps us hungry for more, you know? But what I was trying to tie into is that your physical habits, such as having your phone right there by your bed and reaching out to it, that muscle memory can literally be a cause of your distraction. So one way to destroy that distraction is to eliminate that muscle memory by not having that process even in your system. Does that make sense? I like that. It does. And what you're saying, I think, is a form of a big trend that's going on, dopamine fasting. You know, so right now our dopamine, mm. we have receptors are just being fired at constantly for, again, these notifications and all these different factors. So dopamine fasting is the idea of going a day at a time or sometimes going for a long period where you're removing these major distractions. And that can be social media mm. or for some people it could be podcasts or anything you can overdo that's taking you away from these important tasks. And if you can go this period of time without them, let's say you start with a day, I'm not going to look at any social media for a full day, you can start to retrain what wires and fires together as far as like all your neurons and neuroplasticity. That's true. Gets you used to thinking again because we're distracted more than we're ever. We're creatures of habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're creatures of habit and what we do a few times becomes implanted in our mind. We, we create this wire and this highway that's going to say, okay, I touched my phone. I check social media. That's what happens when I touch my phone. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, it's a slippery, it's a slippery slope. slope. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch it. Yeah. It's so easy to get addicted, to get hooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what you going to say, T? I'm listening. 
Yeah, I like to use my phone as least as possible, especially for planning stuff. So I like to use whiteboards and paper and have those things so I don't have to resort to go into my phone. I know I used to have a lot of stuff on my notepad or an app, Mm -hmm. but I realized it's just going back to the phone, which is just like a distraction unit. So having whiteboard, paper, and using those things as much as possible outside the phone, that's one of my little hacks. Another thing I've done to where, say if I haven't deleted the app off my phone, I've made my first main page essentials, calculator, mm-hmm. Bible app, phone, text. <laughs> That's on my first page of my phone. That way when I look at my phone, and my alarm, right? Or my clock, timers, whatever. So when I look at my phone, it's essentially a phone on the first page. It's not this gateway to apps and the internet and all social media. I have to swipe maybe like three pages to get to that part of my phone now. So if you're able to do that with your widgets or something like that, that could be a solution for you. Let me go to a couple of other solutions to remove the distraction. That's what we talked about as far as just putting your phone somewhere to where you can't get to it for the first 10 minutes of your morning so you can meditate, so you can get your mind right. The fourth one that I had for you was communicate and protect your time. So when you're planning your day, say the day before or when you get into work or even with your your team that you're working with, let them know the time of the day that you want protected time to where you can't afford any interruptions. For this hour and a half, I'm going to be doing this. So take all my calls. You know, you always hear that in the movies, right? Or with your spouse even. Hey, At this time, I want to work on this project on the house, or at this time, I want to focus on my hobby or my career opportunity or entrepreneurship endeavor. So I need this time to do that. Can you make sure you watch the kiddos during this time so I'm not distracted? Communicate your protected time and then eliminate like that. You can't have your protected time and have your phone there and then have your own specific distractions or common distractions in that area. That's number four for me. Five and six are pretty easy. Say place a sticky note. When you do have to switch tasks, sometimes we're in environments where you can't avoid not multitasking a bit based on what you do. If you're working in, I don't know, a nine to five job where it's customer service and you're people facing, somebody's going to walk up to you, ask you a question while you're working on this. Put a sticky note or put some type of reminder for yourself so that when you do have to jump out of that task, you could bounce back. When I was doing the research, what they said was the biggest issue for most people during that experiment where they did like 234 people or whatever, and then some of them were sleep deprived. They said the biggest piece was they all had the same amount of distractions, but it was harder for some of them to bounce Mm -hmm. back Mm -hmm. into the task after that distraction. It took them a longer time to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Attention residue. I like that. Attention residue. It's a term that when we switch back task and forth, our brain, it's the truth that we can't multitask. Like the brain isn't able to. We think mm-hmm. that we can, but we're just doing things at a much lower, lower mm-hmm. level. And so once you get interrupted, it leaves this attention residue to, to get back you know, focused. It's true. Yeah. It's true. That's exactly what it is. So sometimes it just takes us longer to bounce back when we're sleep deprived or when we don't have enough energy to focus or when we have too much on our brain because we haven't written it down in our planners, right? Yeah. And this sticky note allows you to kind of 
place it on your screen. If you're working on computers all day, place the sticky note on your screen before you take on that task. That way, when you jump back in, you're like, what was I working on? Oh, yeah, this is what I was working on. So you could lock back in a lot faster and not look up email notifications because you're not actually sure where you left off. Yeah. So the next piece is number six, deny the request. If you're in that type of environment and somebody's like, hey, I need your time, I need your time, I need your time, just simply say, hey, I'm not available to do that at this time. For me, that's the hardest piece. I got such a heart to help people and I want to be able to you know, help as many people throughout the day as I can and answer this call and ask this question. Somebody's asking me, hey, what equipment should I purchase? Or, hey, if I'm recording this at this frequency, how do I make this happen? You know, so many questions that, especially when you are interested in that, such as somebody asking you if you're coaching, right, Jay? Then somebody asks you a health question and you're like, I know I'm focusing on this task, but I do want to help this person because I love coaching. I love giving advice, right? And then T, the same thing if somebody was asking you about marketing. You were like, oh my gosh, I definitely want to jump in and answer this question for you, but um, I'm doing this. Can we talk at this time? Because that would be more appropriate. So set in times to protect that time. Go ahead, T. I see you. And I think it's also training people. Setting expectations. Yeah, setting expectations, having boundaries. Mm -hmm. I think those are things that once you do it, you train people, they will get used to that and they'll know, okay, this time, this work hour, Mm -hmm. he's busy. I could talk to him lunchtime or as best I email him. That's where I could get my question answered. So versus you being the guy that's always answering questions right away. Mm -hmm. And it might be like, oh, it feels uncomfortable at first. It's true. But long term, it will help everyone on the team. And you know what happened? People will learn to respect your time more. Because once you open the door, we're creatures of habit. If, for instance, I know somebody, I can interrupt them and get something that I need done because my time is most important for every individual. Their time is most important. If this person can help me real quick and help answer my question, then I will interrupt them if I know that they're open to that often. But if that person tells me, hey, I actually can't answer your question right now, write that down and we can focus on it later at this time and gives me a time where we can follow up, I then have to respect that person's time. And it would be less likely for me to go back again later on and say, hey, can I bug you real quick? Because I know that the likelihood of getting that answer from them is not going to be there. It's lower. So try it once, try it twice. And over time, people will respect the habit of you saying, denying the request. Like You ain't got to be a jerk about it, but just simply say, hey, I can't do it right now. Let me follow up with you. So those are my, my top six. Identify your goal. Identify the distraction or else you can't fix it, whether it's social media or whether it's a specific distraction based on industry or something that you love to do. If it's a physical thing like a phone or a TV or emails, you might be able to simply remove the distraction. Put yourself in a space where you can't be distracted. Four, communicate and plan your protected time. You have to talk to the people around you. Talk to your team and let them know when you're not available. In the times where you can't help it, place a sticky note so you can bounce back. Finally, number six, like I said, deny the request or politely deny the request. Maybe hard at first, but people will respect you for it later on. So now that you got your goals, I hope this helps you kind of to figure out how to eliminate and ultimately destroy those distractions. I am big dreams. These are the fellas. But before we leave off, 
I want to leave you with the experiment. Oh, go ahead, T. I'm listening. No, I, I was just about to say the experiment. You got to leave them with the experiment. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be MHE without the experiment, baby. <laughs> so I want y'all to do is go through these steps. Identify your goal first. Focus on it. Find out what things could keep you from that goal. Identify the distractions and apply these six steps to that goal. Check in in a week with yourself. Write it down. Check in in two weeks with yourself and then check in ultimately within that month and see how much more productive you've been. How are you feeling about your interaction with your team and people that come up to you? Do you feel like people are respecting your time more? You know, really check that inventory and see how this is working for you. But I believe ultimately it will lead you to more success, a more complete balance since we learned about that frequency in life and then a better you overall. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of Manhood Experiment. We love y'all. Thank y'all for checking in with us. Jay, you sign off. You got to sign off. No, no cool sign off. All right, y'all. Yeah, I just... <laughs> T, boom. All right, we out. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of the Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment.